Welcome to All Four Downs. If you take a deep whiff, you'll smell leather in the air. It is football season, and welcome to All Four Downs. And make sure you follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. We're just 16 days away. There is a lot to break down. Obi Muniz and I will be uh, breaking down the coaches. We'll be talking about uh, Ovi's top 25. Which, I'll be honest, Obi, it's not that far off than some of the garbage I've seen. And uh, that's, I think, what allows you to put Georgia up there so high. Oh, here we go. We'll we'll definitely take that. Remember, my picks, my my rankings came out two weeks ago. And uh, and it's proof on HHWShow.com. So, before all that, I've been studying all the newcomers, different coaches, players that return back, especially – they, they got that uh, extended option for their fifth year, you know, because of the pandemic. So all that comes into play, but we're definitely going to talk about that later. We are uh, a little over two weeks away from the first game of the season, um, Illinois and Nebraska. How how exciting is it just the idea that football is back? You're a Red Sox fan, so baseball season's coming to a quick end for you. <laughs> This is great. This is just what you need. Oh, man. Listen, listen. We're not out yet. And for those of y'all that he's talking about the next podcast, which is Ovi's Backstop Podcast. Um, But, yeah, it's a lot of frustration that end. But you know what? You're right. It gets easier because in a couple of weeks, football's back. I got my right streaming apps ready to go because – if I'm not watching uh, SEC, I'm watching the Big Ten, the Pac-12. I don't know about the Big 12, but uh, yeah. then again, they don't have 12 teams anyway, and they're going to lose out in two more pretty soon. But other than that, it's just the game, Joe. You know, a lot of action and everything else. You want to sit back, chill out, get your little drink on, and just celebrate. Well, there's nothing more pure, I think, than college football. You know, it's it's – the highest level of football before you're getting paid to do it. Although maybe not for long, um, but this is it. This is where, you know, the, you, your, your last remnants of guys that are there because they love playing football. This is it. And, and there's a lot of guys all across the country uh, that in just a couple of weeks will be doing just that. A uh, very exciting season. And there's a, listen, there's no sure bets right now in, in college football. And I think it's easy to look at Alabama and assume uh, we tried that with LSU last year that blew up on our faces. So well, most of their players, 14 starters ended up going to the NFL draft after that season. So I knew LSU wasn't going around. And the fact that they were dealing with some, a lot of legal issues, that was a distraction and your favorite quarterback got injured. So, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Brent, Brennan, Brennan didn't show up for you. Oh, boy, <laughs> man. Lower body injuries just did him in last year, whatever exactly that means. Um, but, yeah, rough season. And and so, again, I mean, I think it's, it's easy to assume that Alabama is going to be the powerhouse that they are. But, you know, another undefeated season, I'm, I'm not buying it. No, I'm not buying it either. And a lot of people are not buying it. But they do have the talent, so you can't dismiss that. Um, but I'm still looking for that next Mac Jones, uh, you know, and I'm not looking at the SEC for that. I'm looking at another conference, uh, and I'm talking about Desmond Ritter, uh, who who has been phenomenal all for his time in Cincinnati, and he's going out his senior year. 
and I think he's going to have a breakout year, but he is not alone because Oklahoma has Spencer also, and uh, he's looking – I mean, look, they, they they played very well against Georgia, even though they came out with a loss last year in the bowl game. But I think Cincinnati and uh, Oklahoma are going to be a major fact a factor into the college playoffs. Oh yeah, I, I mean, again, I think it's going to be really interesting, and I and I think going forward, just the, what the pipe, the power dynamic looks like. You know, look, the you only thing that could ruin uh, the game is the pandemic. Uh, today, there was announced already that the Pac-12 will forfeit their games should they be unable to play their game. And now, this was an issue last year, uh, which they were pretty much delayed, right? They're more of a reaction conference than a proactive conference. And they announced it today that should COVID be interfering with the players, definitely that they're not going to uh, play the game and automatically get a loss. On the other hand, Ole Miss announced that they are 100% vaccinated for COVID-19. How do you feel about that? Listen, this is one of those things where uh, if you want to play football, the best, smartest, and safest thing to do is just to be vaccinated. So that you, you, I mean, you look all around. And I mean, the Yankees have been decimated recently with uh, COVID. And when it hits, it tends to spread. And, and quarterbacks all, all are in the same room together and running backs and receivers. And so uh, it's, it's not just a guy here and a guy there. Uh, you, you may end up, all your quarterbacks have to sit for a couple weeks. You know, that would be devastating to any team in, in, in college football. So it's a a real thing and, and good for the PAC 12 to to say, you know what, we're, if, if we can't do it, if we get hit with, we're just going to forfeit games. It doesn't do anything for their relevancy. And it certainly doesn't help with the way the conferences are shifting and the powers obviously all moving to the sec. So that, you know, I, I said all last year, Obi, I thought that they were being treated like uh, the redheaded stepchild of the Power Five conference. It was like, eh, if you guys don't, we don't really need you. We don't care. And I, I think this is just another another step towards nobody cares uh, what the Pac-12 is doing. And that's unfortunate because I think of all the conferences, the one that's most got the, the kids in mind is the Pac-12. And they got a new commissioner this year who is stepping up and he's trying to make these changes to make that Pac-12 relevant. But it's hard to be competitive when you do have like schools like Texas and Oklahoma that want to leave the Big 12, move over to the SEC, and make it a super conference. So that's going to be talked about all season long. And I'm just curious of what's going to happen in the offseason. Would other colleges come together and create – an addition super conference. So, and, and I do foresee uh, the Pac-12 being a major factor in it. Well, yeah, I mean, something's got to give here. And as many teams as are in the SEC, I mean, even within that, it's just a handful of teams that have all the power and they're the ones that matter. And everybody else is just sort of there picking up the scraps. Yeah, And so there's well. enough really good college football programs out there where I think they can build out their own mega conference and outdo the SEC and might maybe become uh, something a little more desirable when it comes to recruiting. So, you know, the SEC is forcing everybody's hand. This does have the potential, I think, long-term to also blow up in their face a little bit. 
Look, I've been saying it. I, I followed college football when I lived down south. People kept telling me SEC is the best conference, and they keep proving to me that they are. Um, and I know everything kind of like went really in their favor once this uh, college football committee started happening because you didn't see this much in the BCS. Uh, but, it, look, we don't even hear – Texas anymore. We don't hear USC anymore. You know, back then when the AP poll were, were in effect and they were the ones that were guided, hey, this is going to be the number one team. But at, at, they made it better. It's just they got to tune it out a little bit, right? And when they were discussing about expanded playoffs, it was a great idea at the time. Then all of a sudden things started like crumbling like, whoa, super conference, this, this, and that. And I told you last week, that there is no need for expanded playoffs if this is the direction that they're going. My other thought was, and I'm glad you brought this up, is that if they were to make a super conference, could they add one more additional game instead of a 12-game season, a 13-game season? Because of the fact that you already have a stacked conference, right, 14 teams, right, so you're going to have to automatically have seven teams that you got to play against within your conference, which is a small window of an opportunity to play against another conference that's a compatible or a better team, such as if, if they add one more, let me see, let's say Alabama, right? Could we squeeze in them against Ohio State or Michigan or go against Cincinnati from the AAC, you know what I mean? Like, do they have it, or would it be so much that they're just going to concentrate on one conference, and, and that's all? Again, I, I, I mean, I, when what I saw from the Power Five when they basically seized control of college football was, you know, it was the Big Five and then everybody else. And I, I thought it seemingly became kind of the Big Three, the other two, and then everybody else. And now it's just the SEC. And you, the hell with everybody else is is what I feel like the philosophy is. I said last year I really thought the conference, the other conferences should have been like, nah, I don't like the way this is going. You know, I, I'm not surprised that the SEC was uh, working behind everybody's back to completely destroy college football as we know it, because again, the NCAA basically gave them car blanche to do whatever they wanted to. And oh, and that's they, another thing. Now, now, now they're now they're trying to react to things like, oh, damn, we don't have control. Hey, let's have a meeting in October. Come on, we got to get together. You know when people <laughs> talk about uh, government involvement in business, and it's like just let businesses pay with it. You you can't. Mm -hmm. You you can't you can't assume everybody's looking out for everybody else. If that happened. It, it, and it doesn't. It just doesn't happen. And so, of course, the powers that be in the SEC are, are trying to seize all the power for themselves. And they've got themselves a, a really good conference, and it's pretty deep already. You put a couple more big powerhouse names in there, you really don't need everybody else. Absolutely. But I do I do like want to at least recognize those colleges like Coastal Carolina, um, like Appalachian State, because they had a one hell of a season last year. You know, and they're going to do something this year as well. I'll tell you something. I think if you look at uh, NCAA basketball, I think that was the fear that the Power Five had, and especially within the SEC, 
that idea that the mid majors now in college basketball, like Wichita State and Gonzaga, is a national powerhouse now. Mm-hmm. Alabama and the teams in the SEC do not want to see a Coastal Carolina become a national powerhouse or a BYU or a since they don't want that. It's great for college football, but they don't care about college football. They care about themselves, and it's become quite evident. And I think they really got – I think uh, the talks that began a year and a half ago behind everybody's back, I think it only got expedited last year when you had legit three teams from outside the Power Five that were like, we should be in the playoffs. And this is – this is a play now to make sure that that not only doesn't happen, but that uh, they won't ever have to entertain the notion again. And that's wrong. It is. And it's definitely wrong. And it definitely ruins the sport because we look, I don't know about two, but yeah, in baseball, I don't want to see the same teams going to the playoffs or even in football, any sport. I like to see new teams step up and see what their value is, right? And in college football, you mean to tell me I'm going to have to see Alabama and Clemson every single year? You know, I mean, we're going, I think, six seasons now with the uh, college football, and those same two schools has been in it. And if Alabama's outside, Saban's going to, you know, play politics to get themselves in there. You know, so. Yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, look, uh, at the end of the day, you know, people do recognize where the money is at, and they all everyone wants to be competitive. And I and I got a feeling that there are changes will happen, and it's just not just the SEC. I think college football overall, it's going to change. And and if no one's been paying attention, look at these uh these coaches from those small schools. Once they're successful, they don't stick around. They move up to the big leagues, so like the SEC or the Big Ten. You know, and and quite frankly, I mean, let me you know introduce you to a, a, a few of them here, uh, as we get set and recognize some of these brand new uh, coaches, and we can start here with Brett Bielema. Okay, even though look, he started with Iowa, right, uh, as assistant coaches and stuff like that, and uh, look, he he did well with Wisconsin, but when we, when he went over to the SEC, things didn't look pretty for him as he was overall 29 wins and 34 losses. Um, He's leaving the New York Giants organization to become the head coach of Illinois. I think that will be a blessing for him. Dude, he's been in that uh, Big Ten before, so he's going to do wonders for Illinois. And the program is not going to change this season. Uh, But uh, the old head coach, Smith, I mean, he kind of ruined the whole culture there. But that's that guy. Pretty soon, you're gonna see Illinois in three years making a lot of noise there. Uh, the well, you gotta one, like the, you gotta like the pedigree on on uh, Bielema. You know, uh, I think anytime you're around organizations like the Giants and the Patriots, you know, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot from some really great people, and you're gonna learn how to do things the right way. So yeah, that's that's uh, definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, we got uh, Lance uh, Lippold from Buffalo. Uh, as I remember, he had running back uh, Peterson, where, or excuse me, Patterson, who set the record for the most uh, yardage in one game. Uh, but he, he was successful, 37 and 33 with Buffalo. He now takes over Kansas because of Les Miles' uh, legal issues that he had in LSU. He got dismissed 
So they, that that program, as a matter of fact, the last two years they've been they've been in the basement. So they definitely need a, a, a another uh, head coach to take over. We all know. And, and don't forget, don't forget, they lost last year to uh, Coastal Carolina, and they are playing them on September 10th. Mm-hmm. And that might be the toughest game on Coastal Carolina's schedule. I mean, 12 and 0 looks certainly achievable for them. And Kansas might be the the the, the best matchup that they're going to have, uh, and and the best challenge to stopping an undefeated season. I, I would like to, you know, I mean, no, Lance Leopold did a really good job. I mean, certainly those running backs made him look pretty smart. Uh, they had an outstanding year last year, 37 and 33. When you think about the year they had last year, he had a losing record before last season. So right, but not to I say mean, he's not a, not to say he's not a good coach. I don't mean to suggest that. I'm just no, saying, no, I trust me. I definitely know what you're talking about there. Yeah. But, um, but they needed another coach. I think yes. miles being there for, Let's say nothing happened. Let's Miles being there will only make matters worse. So they definitely needed a, a coaching change. Uh, speaking about the change, Steve Sarkeesian is trying to head back to the SEC with Texas. So I, I love this drama, by the way, because not only that he gets to return to SEC in a couple of years, but then Texas also faces Texas A&M, which brings back that rivalry. You know, a, the Aggies been dodging the Longhorns. Uh, and they want to be the only state to represent the SEC in Texas, and it's not going to happen any longer. But uh, Sarkeesian, he is no stranger as being a head coach. He had his fallout with USC with uh, with some drinking issues and stuff like that. I call it substance abuse, but I think he had found himself in the, in the right way, and ha- being with Nick Saban, I think that was the best medicine for him. And I have a good feeling he's going to do very well with Texas, but it's not going to be this year. A lot of people are hyping t- uh, the Texas Longhorns, but the, the worst thing about Texas is, is that they don't have any defense. They've always had an offense, but defense is one that spoils the game for them. So what can he do in the de- defensive side of the house to make Texas improve and be competitive against Oklahoma? Well, again, I would say you, you got a guy with good pedigree who's coming in there who knows how to whip a franchise into into shape. You're coming from Alabama. You've already got the model. You just need to implement it uh, in Texas. How hard can that be? You know, I mean, listen, it, it is what it is. You know, the, the, the defenses are never going to be any good. And you need a good offense. And he's definitely an offensive mastermind. I, I think it's gonna. I think that's gonna go well for Texas. I really do. And again, I'm not surprised <laughs> by the way all this shook out in the long run. I thought it was weird uh, that Bama let Sarkeesian leave in the first place, and now we know Look, why. Sarkeesian. Not only did he left leave Alabama, but he took half of that coaching staff with him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna be interesting. And, and then you mentioned at the beginning, and last week, Alabama undefeated again this year. It's just I, I just don't feel that's gonna happen. Uh, however, eighty percent chance that one loss. I think it's uh, percentage less than that if they get two losses. But uh, by the way, but- I, I wanted to mention something uh, mm-hmm. on, on our last point when you mentioned Les Miles. Uh, I feel like Les Miles and Gary Barnett uh, should never be allowed to coach any sort of college or high school like they should be banned from that like there's those two guys 
Don't be, go. You're you're fine. For, go coaching the pros. Mm-hmm. Those two guys, everywhere they go, leave programs in disarray because they don't follow the rules and they don't know how to behave like human beings. Okay, I just we, wanted to get that out can there. Can we say I, the I, same I, thing I, with uh, LSU head coach right now, Ed uh, Orgeron? Orgeron? That's his, that's how you say his name, Coach Ed. Uh, like, yeah. like, uh, look, they're dealing with the, these issues now with the players there. You know, like all these sexual harassment cases and stuff like that, sexual assault. What what is that? That that's his responsibility to build that culture to a positivity. You know, but yet no yeah. one's saying that he's that he's at fault. And and I'm just like, yo, he is the head coach. You in charge. Every other head coaches that have been in this situation has either gotten fined or got fired, right? And he's the only one that's like, hey, man. I didn't know. I didn't know what's going on. Really? Yeah. I mean, what a bunch of nonsense. And, and and not for nothing, but every guy who didn't know anything from Joe Paterno to, uh, oh, God, who's the little scrawny, uh, the Italian kid from uh, Louisville, the coach? Oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah, he's back. Uh, uh, what? Yeah. No, no, what I'm a, talking about Rutgers a, here. But I know disaster. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, what you're yeah. talking about, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, you're gonna just go corrupt what a smaller or like a smaller program now? Just stop it! No. Just stop! No, but, Rick uh, Patino. Rick Patino is the name I was trying to. Oh, think Rick Patino, absolutely, yeah. dude. I mean, that right? Guy did it like all that by himself, guy, though. Yeah. Oh, well. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Paterno with Penn State. I, I didn't know what was happening in the showers. Come on, dude. Give me a break. It's your, it's your program. Jimmy Bayhine too. I'm a big Syracuse fan, but, man, they had some stuff going on at Syracuse for a while on Jimmy Bayheim's watch. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. Keep it a hush uh, so they won't grab yeah. that attention. Listen, they're, they're, you know, look, you, you, you're you big man on campus, but don't forget that that campus is more important than you are. If and, you and you got to right, people will respect you absolutely. and want to be in your program. Absolutely. That's how this all works. Arizona has a head coach here, uh, Jeff Fish. He takes over. Uh, he is a former New England Patriots quarterback coach. So he he takes – it's going to be interesting, man, because the Arizona has always been one of those elite football programs that kind of like disappeared. And I got a feeling that Jeff Fish will bring that team back and represent the Pac-12 in the near future. Also, Brian Harson. Uh, this is the second time – he takes over the organization behind Gus uh, Malzahn, all right? He ended up going to U- uh, UCF. But uh, this program, it's a winning program anyway. It's not like Auburn was in last place or nothing like that. There's always been issues with Coach Gus or remaining as a head coach because the only thing that Auburn could think of is how do you beat Alabama? That's it. It doesn't matter about the other games. And Auburn has been very, very lucky. All right. If you watch the last, last season, three games in which the Auburn Tigers should have had three losses. And for some reason, the referee spin it off to be able to give Auburn a chance to win the game. And that is so crazy right now. Mm. Uh, but I know Jace will back the differ on that. You know, a win's a win. But it's like, no. Nah, there's this yellow flag that needs to be thrown out there that Auburn was suspect last year. But uh, Bryant is set for success. 
but he is not set up right now to handle a team like Alabama. No, he's definitely not. Uh, the The talent gap is too wide right now, but I do think he's the right guy. I think the success at Boise State is is going to have a long-term effect on Auburn going forward here, and it's certainly going to help with recruiting. Uh, and I think, I think they'll, again, I, you know, I think when you're looking at the, at the, even the transfer portal and stuff, I mean, there's going to be so many more opportunities to get high quality players who, you know, maybe go to an Alabama and underperform and aren't starters and might want to go to Auburn and become a starter tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. there'll be opportunities there. And then I think that, uh, you know, Hardson certainly has the, the reputation, uh, to take a job like Auburn. So I, I, I see this, this program turning around. It's the new era of college football now with all the transfers. Hey, you don't start me this year. I'm I'm leaving next year. Yeah. So uh Shane Beamer takes over as South uh Carolina head coach. Um he's coming from the tight end coach and an assistant at Oklahoma. Uh he has a good way of, of handling that offense, but uh it's more of that motivation for South Carolina than because they 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 do have competitive uh players in that team and it just they just didn't have the right leadership to to get them there you know and uh yeah i mean they had their little within i don't know they were able to beat georgia on one time but uh they're better than what they are they got they got the players and hopefully shane beamer is the man but as of right now he's gonna have to take a seat back because you know that team's not ready for florida nor georgia uh this year yeah, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, I feel like this is uh, a dead-end job for Beamer. I think this is one of those where, you know, because of who his dad is, he's getting an opportunity, and, he, and he's had a, a tremendous amount of opportunities. He's already been at South Carolina uh, before. He's He's been pretty much uh, all across the conference, uh, if you want to be technical about it. I This will be good for him at some experiences as the head coach, but – uh, as far as what it's going to do for the Gamecocks, I'd say it's nothing. He's going to go, you know, 14 and 44 uh, before he ends up taking the offensive coordinator job at Alabama. And then oh, we'll there you become, go. will eventually a year later become. Yeah, that's all you're going to do. I mean, that's the only resume you have for Alabama. Ron, once you get fired as a head coach, just come be an offensive coordinator for Nick yes. Saban. All yeah. I can do, right? Uh, yeah. run, run an offense, win a national title, and then I can go be the head coach of, like, you know, Oklahoma or uh, t- <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Two oh, more good. coaches in there. Tennessee, which uh, is looking for a culture direction there. Um, yeah, I even left out his name, huh? But You know, it's right, funny. Though. I mean, you look at some of these teams, uh, you know, a, a team like Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee was great all through the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s and – uh, it's, it's, it's been a long time now for them. And so, you know, you, you, you is a coach going to make the difference? Not necessarily, but I, you got to get back into that mindset. You're obviously in a really tough conference and, you know, it's yeah. step in the right direction. So Josh, uh, Hopel on the left, left UCF, um, to become the head coach of Tennessee. Right. And. You look at the right, and that's the new head coach. Um, and I, I tell you what, I think both these schools are going to be a lot better uh, this year. I'm talking about this year. They're going to be a lot better. They're going to represent 
but they're going to come out short on winning because you have Georgia and Alabama that are going to be favorites in Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati in SEC. And then in the AAC, you have Cincinnati and Tulsa is getting better as well. But knowing that what you have there, I think UCF is going to make a lot of noise. And there was always known for offense, but he has a defensive mindset right there that it's going to make that school better. Yeah, uh, funny too. I'm I'm looking at the the new head coach's resume, and uh, there's a lot of high school on there. Yeah. I don't really see that all that often. That's great. This this guy was uh, a powerhouse high school football coach. Moving on up, I like that. At Coach Maz, man, he's he's done it all, man. I mean, hey, that's how you relate to the kids. But again, Bottom dude, but that, that's a guy. That's a guy who doesn't know anybody. He's just a high school football coach. In the middle of nowhere, down south, and he's busting his butt, and he's getting wins, um, and he gets noticed, and he gets he gets recruited uh, to to the big boy league, just just like one of his kids. What I that's, uh, to me, that's more impressive than a Scott Beamer, or a Shane Beamer, rather. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> it, it it really is. I mean, Shane right. Beamer was basically handed like, "Hey, bud, here's some opportunities because of your dad," and that's great, mm-hmm. but. I like a guy that that kind of earned it and and has obviously put the time in and uh, we'll see what that means for UCF. Other coaches that are first timers, uh, the three that I highlight was Vanderbilt, Boise State, and Utah State because um, Boise State is a, a great program. Uh, let's see if uh, Andy will be able to continue the success that Boise State has had. Vanderbilt has always been rock bottom; they're winless. Can they win this year? Uh, will they still have their female kicker? I know she made history last year uh, kicking a field goal. Um, Arkansas State, Butch Jones left Alabama uh, to, to head coach. This is like his last shot, really, uh, yeah. to redeem himself. Uh, and then, of course, in Utah, Blake Anderson, who left Arkansas State to take the job. Uh, to him, I think he feels like that is a promotion. And I think they'll they'll do a good job, man. I, I really do. I and the other other schools, well, they've been vacant because those coaches moved up to do bigger and better things. So uh it's gonna be interesting to see. Definitely gonna follow them through all the way. And uh definitely they're gonna be noticed here in all four downs. But to be noticed here is the top 25. Yesterday the coaches poll came out. However, my polls, my my rankings came out a couple of weeks prior, right? And I'm not shooting code nothing. This is something that, again, I was looking through the recruits. And some of those recruits are not going to be playing, of course. But I'm looking at guys that just came back to play another year. You know, I'm looking at Heisman hopefuls and everything else. And I'm going to start from the very top right here. This is my my top six, Right? just like the college football playoff, that type of deal. Now, are these six colleges are going to be there by the end of the season? Absolutely not. I'm telling you that right now, all right? Um, but Alabama, Ohio State, and I look at the head coach of Ohio State, Coach Day. This guy, he only got two losses, man. Two losses. 
Yeah, well, I think that speaks a lot of the conference, I'll tell you. I mean, I to me, I think you look at the the disappointing seasons that Minnesota and Penn State had last year. I just think that that whole conference on a whole has been really disappointing the last couple of years and Ohio State's Ohio State. And uh, as long as as long as those top four, five teams on this list, and that's who I'm really talking about. A&M mm-hmm. is cute that they get to always be on this list, no matter how many losses they have. Um, well, they only had two losses last year, but when they were actually being thinking about. They always the have college, two losses. But they they only lost the year with two losses. <laughs> they lost to Alabama. Uh, actually, no, last year they only lost one, but just never got into the college football playoffs because – they got destroyed by Alabama, so it didn't make no sense being up there. So but, teams one through five, by the way, represent 60% of all of the five-star recruits that come mm-hmm. to college football. 60% of those guys are on those five teams. And I That's why. Will those teams be there at the top? Maybe. They'll no, be near it because no. of that, because the talent gap is so wide. I mean, listen, they, obviously these teams have to go out there and win football games, but they're all certainly primed to win a lot of games. Look, I tell you this. Oklahoma, I know everyone speaks highly about Iowa State in that, in that conference, right? And Oklahoma did lose to them last year during the regular season on the Big 12 conference game. Oklahoma got play, they they got paybacks. They won, right? But I'm just curious. A lot of people are are, are thinking that Iowa State is going to win that conference this year. And you talking about Oklahoma has won six straight conferences, okay? Six straight conference championships. It's going to be hard to go against Oklahoma. But let's just say there. And Oklahoma always finds a way to step on themselves to get that loss. Then you got Georgia and Clemson in week one. And I'm telling you. That that the winner of that game in week one should deserve to be in number one ranking, honestly. But even though I guess I got them four and five right there, but whoever loses that is going to be hard to get back in the top four. I'm yeah, but saying. you know what? It's it's an early season loss. You could you right, could reel off seven or eight in a row and 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 earn your way back in. But so if it's Clemson, I, I mean, if it's Clemson, it's easier for them because they're in the a, uh, ACC. Absolutely. And then the only competition they have in, their, in, that, in that conference running in their schedule is North Carolina. You know what I mean? But yeah. in Georgia, you got – it's very hard. And people are saying it's easy. Oh, well, Georgia's going to be, and they're going to go to the SEC championship. Not really. They lost to Florida. They lost to Alabama during the regular season. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. as easy as you think. And I already told you last week something about that offense that you can't just rely on just – Hail Mary throws all the time. You gotta have a balanced offense, something that Georgia doesn't have. They had a running game, but once that running game is stopped, it's like, where is your target, JT Daniels? And I know, Jace, you might be hearing me be like, oh, JT Daniels, he's gonna be a Heisman winner. Not so much. And I'm a Georgia fan, not so much. But that's what worries me. And I'm glad that Georgia and Clemson are gonna go and play in week one. But I'm telling you, the loser of that game is going to be hard to get back there because of the strength of schedule. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with that somewhat. I think for all of these teams, as long as you don't lose two games, you'll be in the top 10 when the season's over. That's basically the trick you're trying to pull. Whether well, Georgia can avoid a third loss this year is anyone's guess. Unless you got some money guess. in the SEC, then yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, moving on from 7 to 10, I have Notre Dame, Iowa State, Oregon, and Florida. Yes, I have Notre Dame at 7, but keep in mind, they did lose half their roster. Uh, to either they graduated or they went to the NFL. Uh, but there's a lot of new guys. I'm not dismissing them, but I got a gut feeling that they will not be in the top 10 towards the end of the season. Uh, Iowa State, everyone's jumping on them. Uh, I'm giving them credit for because that game with Oklahoma both times were very close down to the wire to the end of the game. Uh, I'll give them that. But uh, I just don't trust the Big 12. I really don't. Oregon. They're back. As long as they're COVID-free, they're good. But once they start missing out, then I'm I just going to lose all my respect to the Pac-12, right? All Florida, yeah. they're – yeah, they, I got them at 10. They're questionable right now. Um, but they, Lost I a lot of, lot of talent left Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, then also, uh, Cincinnati at number 11, I do see them making it to a competitive top five. Uh, LSU, North Carolina, Miami, and Texas are there. Um, again, Texas being 15, I believe they're too high. But with that new coaching staff and everything, maybe they could change that culture right away and be a winning team. But I just don't think they have enough to beat Oklahoma yet. Going on to 16 to 20, USC, Penn State, Louisiana, Wisconsin, Liberty. Yeah, I got Liberty. Right, I like right. Liberty. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, definitely Louisiana, one of my favorite schools that I wish they could uh, do more, right? Uh, Penn State, look, cancel out last year. That is not the team that I know about Penn State. The Nittany Lions will represent this year. They have a full uh, training camp. They're going to be rock, rock steady, roll ready for week one. I'm telling you that right now. And then as far as the bottom, last five, Indiana, Auburn, Iowa, BYU, and lastly, sure, is Washington Huskies, right? Indiana, look, I know they were ranked pretty high last year, right? But I think there was more of trying to benefit Ohio State. You know, I'm telling you, playing six games, I don't feel like that was good enough to see an actual team. Now we got a full season. What could Indiana do? And then Auburn with a new head coach. Can they represent and be competitive against Alabama and Texas A&M? Those are the two solid colleges in that division and SEC that Auburn has to worry about. And then in comparison, look, I think I hit money in the top of, what is it, uh, five out of the top eight teams right there that are seated properly. But uh, I'm just concerned why they didn't include Liberty, Auburn, and BYU in the rankings because they definitely deserve to be there. Um, well, I, I must say there's one quite notable uh, exception on your list. I see they're 24th on the coaches poll, and that is Coastal Carolina, who I believe is returning one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Grayson McCall. Uh, if you go back to the 2019 season, Coastal Carolina has won 12 consecutive regular season games, which is tied for Alabama the longest winning streak in all of FBS. Coastal Carolina is two and three all time versus FBS. 
top 25 teams. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they're completely being overlooked again. I don't like it. Coastal Carolina, I got them ranked at 26. Uh, yeah, I know I have my 26. Uh, I love it. Uh, I do. Yeah, but you again, what, you, wanna, you had that. You had to put Iowa on. Mm-hmm. I understand. You Iowa know, needs to be on the list. You need to get is, all the. You know, you need to get all the, the big. Uh, you need to get all the big programs. In my position, it's very hard when you start trying to do your research, and you got those schools that they don't even talk about. So when you when you go and you look at, um, you know. The five stars, four star, three star players, and stuff like that. You got colleges like Coastal Carolina that people don't really talk about, you know. So I'm all in for for Coastal Carolina. They might make it in there after week one. We'll see about it. But for now, I mean, look. You hold on. You've got Washington ranked 25th, which which by my estimates is the fourth best team uh, in the Pac-12. No, I don't think they're the Over- fourth best team. Oh well, you've got you've got I'm Oregon and you've got USC. So you've got you've already got teams ahead of them. And USC I'm saying I don't even is, know. Me, I don't even know if Washington is the fourth best team. You're you're gonna put them over the best team in the Sun Belt, a team that's got this tied for the longest winning streak in all of college football, and and a guy who, again who's I think returning one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. Don't be surprised if Grayson McCall, by the way, his name is in the Heisman race. From start to finish, as I said earlier, they've got an, uh, a, an undefeated season lined up again. They just have to beat Liberty, who they're 7-7 seven and seven against all time. And they've mm-hmm. got the big game against Kansas. Other than that, they're in great shape. I'm stunned that you they don't have could. them on the list. They could be in great shape. And like I said, this is just preseason Especially because they also beat that 24th ranked team, BYU, who doesn't have Zach Wilson anymore. You're right. Absolutely. You want to change it? I will not change it right now. <laughs> Look, oh, and again, listen, I, I and that's why I like about college football because this is something that we could always talk about, right? Comparison. Oh, you got him ranked. You got that rank. And guess what? Like we always do every year, right? Every season. We're all going to have our top 25, and then we'll consolidate, and we'll come out every week with the all four downs top 25 rankings, and compare to compare to each other. So, you know, we still got R and J podcast that's uh, out there. Uh, we still have who who else you got out there uh, besides Hector, myself, Jace, and Sean. Or you've got Sean, seven. Here. You've got seven SEC teams in this top twenty-five, and you st- and 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 still seven deep in the SEC. You couldn't find a spot for Coastal Carolina. SEC is the is the oh, best football and college. Like a knife the in the heart. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> you don't think Coastal Carolina would beat Auburn? I would wish that would happen. Honestly, oh, I bet you. I bet you but, Coastal Carolina would beat. But Auburn. listen. You're talking about Coastal Carolina beating a Big 12 team like Kansas State. I'm sorry, sorry, not Kansas State, Kansas. Kansas. Right? Yeah, Yeah. big difference there, right? I don't want to mess up the Wildcats. (laughs) They start from top and work their way down for some reason. But uh, as far as the Jayhawks are concerned, they took the most vulnerable team, right? But if you take Coastal Carolina against Oklahoma, you think you get the same result? It's not going to happen now. I think Coastal Carolina would beat LSU. Hell no. 
Hell no. I I I, 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 I put it to like this. Last time I saw LSU on a football field, they looked awful. But they're the same team that they beat Florida last year, right? They looked awful. But they beat Florida. And hey, a broken clock college- is right twice a day. That doesn't <laughs> one one win in in a in a miserable season. Otherwise, doesn't do it for me. <laughs> Not to mention that team struggled with the COVID protocol more than any other team in college football last year, mm. to an embarrassing level. Where well, I- where clearly. <laughs> Coach Ed doesn't believe that COVID's real is my guess. If I had to guess, I'm making assumptions here. I don't think he believes in it. And that's the way they that's the way they behave believes in it, though. Really, I don't don't think anyone down south believes in that. Well, LSU epitomizes it, and Louisiana is almost as bad as Florida and Texas right now, as far as the ridiculously high. Uh, uh, infection levels. So if you if you dum dums down south, you wanna you want us to have a football season? Get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Good lord, it's that simple. And it's and to speak on that, and that's something I want to cover on uh, speaking of real podcast with Frank is that Tennessee, uh, one of the school districts there, were arguing about having uh masks for the students elementary students right for the school year and yeah. like they wanted to fight about it seriously i mean how can you fight against science you're making because they're making they're making it they're making it political and it's yeah. and it's a it's a it's a it's a stupid losing battle it, it's time to cut the crap now let's be not, real let's not make it political for college football especially the pac-12 is taking a stand because listen if you cancel if you don't show up in the games it's like the nfl Right, you don't show up, you get COVID, and you and you and you make the team miss the game. You're paying that money back, right? Everything is cost effective, and if you get canceled out, somebody has to pay the price, right? Yeah, uh, worldwide there have been 205 million positive COVID tests. 205 million, mm. 38 million here in the United States. How many is accurate though? Just saying, just saying. <laughs> these are numbers from these are the numbers from the CDC. So you know, I don't. It depends, I suppose, on on your feelings about the government. It's a lot. Oh, it's a lot. Uh, put it to you like this: Last week in Florida, do you remember in Italy when this thing started and they had bodies on the side of the road? Yeah, yes, I do. Last last week, Florida had as many deaths as Italy did during that amazingly terrible stretch. A year and a half into this, and Florida is making the beginning of a, of a slightly underdeveloped uh, Western nation like Italy. And, and, and you're, you're making them look like that was like, that was nothing. It's shocking. The, the ignorance is shocking right now. If you, if you want college football to happen, Stop spreading that Delta variant. Put on a mask, get a vaccine, and let's watch some college football together. I'm done with that. That's all I want. I want to see fans in the stadiums because I don't want to hear that fake audio stuff anymore. Yeah, uh, I but can't speaking about face. numbers, we have one more stat for you, and this is the top ten of national championship chances. And right now, Clemson's in the lead with seventy percent as a playoff chance to make it in there. 
and probably the favorite to win the national championship this year. Do you agree or disagree that Clemson will finish out undefeated and become national champions? Um, I think they're in as good a position as any of those other, say, top eight or nine teams. I don't think Notre Dame, Iowa State, or Miami are legit national championship contenders. I do think A&M, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Alabama uh, are reasonable. I do think the national champion will be one of those teams. Well, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm always going to be supportive of my Georgia Bulldogs. Um, but the winner of week one between Clemson and Georgia is more likely to have a greater chance to become national champions. Uh, I can't wait. And, of course, there's always the issue with injuries and everything else. But uh, Yeah, not having just, a quarterback that yeah. can do anything. Yeah. So the there's a lot of factors in there. Down in a big moment during the yeah. big games. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know yeah. what that's like. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It only took Georgia week six or seven <laughs> to get a quarterback going, right? <laughs> ah. Why didn't you start that guy from the beginning? Yeah. Last year, why, why, why are you saying that he's still recovering from a leg injury? That was years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, hey, this show is brought to you by Clovercrest Media. Visit clovercrestmedia.com and look, Joe, you got like over 40 podcasts going on over there. I mean, look, if they, I think a lot of people are missing out. Clovercrest Media, they got it going on, you know. So there's the website, it's, it's below that's. Clovercrestmedia.com, whether it's sports, murder, suspects, politics, whatever it is, go ahead and, and, and search through there and find your favorite show. And Bro, also- we're, we're, we're churning out on average between we between live stream shows, podcasts, mm-hmm. articles. Um, you mentioned it, true crime, religion, politics, lots of different sports. We got it all covered uh, at Clovercrestmedia.com. There's generally six to ten new pieces of content every single day. So uh, definitely a place to go check out. Uh, and if you don't find something you like, start your own. We can help you with that as well. Absolutely. And speaking about your own, look, I got the Red Sox podcast I got to talk about. I think you need to stick around on this one, man. I really do. Uh, but also, um, HHW show is getting ready for SummerSlam. That's happening in a week from Saturday. Uh, you want to check that out. Uh, and again, you got to go to Clovercrest or also visit hhwshow.com. You can also follow all four downs. Look, we I mean, I can't wait, man. I really, I really can't wait. I am going to end, you know, our season with SummerSlam and dive into football the following week. College football, it's fascinating. Baby, it's, life is good. Life is good. And so is everybody else that's starting school. Uh, good luck to every single one of y'all. Uh, I hope everyone stays safe. Joe, thank you for being on the show. As always, you the man. Your last words here. The floor is yours, buddy. Well, like I started off with, I'll I'll just reiterate it, man. It's that time of the year. Uh, and, and again, I think before the whole landscape of college football changes, let's enjoy it one more time. Uh, although I think maybe we'll have at least two more years of this, but let's say definitely one more time where, where things are what they are. Uh, I say, let's hope for, uh, one of these upstarts, one of these, uh, sun belts or one of these smaller conference teams, make some noise. It's time for the mid majors in college football to get their due. And and it's clear that the powers that be aren't going to let them have it. 
So let's enjoy it this season. Hopefully Coastal Carolina is 12-0, and and somehow the Power 5 tries to slot them in at the number 12 spot in the country. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, just super excited. College football is back. Boy, we'll have so many great shows coming up. Jace Garcia will be on a lot of these, which is great. And you know what that means. Uh, we'll be laughing in his face at some of the ridiculous things he says all season long. For Obi Munez, I am Joe McGuire. Again, make sure you visit hhwshow.com for all the latest on all four downs. Go to clovercrestmedia.com as well for uh, all the latest on sports we'll see you next wednesday uh, next thursday night rather on another episode of all four downs